Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. And today we're starting a series, very unique, The Lord is With You, and we're going to begin to look at Christmas through the eyes of Mary. And, and I know you're saying, whoa, man, I haven't heard that one before, but one of my favorite lines when the angel announced what God was going to be doing with this girl, he said, the Lord is with you, and that's one of my favorite phrases in all the Bible. Ladies, if you're out there, I want you, whether you're online or not, I just want you to say that out loud. The Lord is with you. The Well, you know, some dudes answer, but your turn's coming. Uh, the ladies in this church have an attitude. And no, all the men said the They need a Red Bull or an espresso shot during this service. Amen. Everyone say the is with you. I want to begin to uh, express when we do outreach, like Nancy, Pastor Nancy is going to be leading in our church and we go serve this community. That is the width of the church. Our, our width, or let's say it this way, our reach does not stop uh, at these four walls or the parking lot. We really want to go into not only Ventura, the county, but I want to say all of California. We want our reach to reach people who have never called on the name of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, I have been motivated lately. I want to give to those who do not have. If they're homeless, I want to reach them. If they're alone, I want to reach them. If they're single and raising children, we want to reach them because the width of our church is the outreach of our hearts. Can you say amen? Now, if you would ask me, what is the way I've grown the most in Christianity? Believe it or not, I'm more of a preacher than a teacher. I so want to be a teacher, but really you have to play the card that God gave you. And so my card is scream a lot and, and go for it, you know. But the way I have changed truly is through Bible teaching. When someone just goes line upon line, and maybe they don't raise their voice, but listen to this. If outreach determines the width of our church, teaching determines the depth of our church. And I want to commit that we are going to be more students of the word this year closing 2024 opening. I want to go deeper with Jesus. I do not want to be the believer in the shallow end of the pool with my floaties on thinking I'm in the deep end. No, you're not. Come on. Deep calls unto deep. I want to be well taught of the Lord that our peace and the peace of our children would be great. Now get this. You could have outreach. You could have teaching. But if we don't have the presence of God, then there is no life in the church. If teaching's the death, outreach is the width. It is the presence of God that is the life of this church. It's not just getting a building. It's not just having drums that are cool and they just took away the drum cage. Someone should applaud on that. 
And all people my age going, I don't know, earplugs, please. You know, but it's not the drums. It's not the tank. It is the presence of God. And I don't know about you. When people come in and they experience the presence of God, their lives will never be the same. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 26 and 28. And this is Gabriel's announcement or the annunciation where he begins to tell Mary who she is, God's view of her. And really, one of the reasons we're going to focus on Mary, she is not an appendage or a weekend idea. From the very beginning of the words of the Bible, a woman is mentioned, and she really is the heart of the story. And I, I believe she is a model. Please get this, and I want our church to be this way. I personally want to be this way. Mary is a model of hosting the presence of God. I want us collectively and individually to be, you cannot, we cannot host the presence of God, number one, if we're not aware of the presence of God, that we're not familiar with the presence of God. I have known very successful business people who invite the presence of God in their minds, their hearts, their businesses, and they experience high favor of the Lord. I want to host the presence of God, and Mary is a person who is a model for the church throughout the ages to host the presence of God. Let's read, now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, get this, rejoice, highly favored one. Well, why is she going to rejoice and why is she favored? The Lord is with you. I want you to say that with me. The Lord is with you. Say it one more time. The Lord and can I say, if the Lord's with us, we're going to rejoice. And if the Lord is with us, we're going to rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And if the Lord is not only with you, but because of the virgin, he now can be in you, you're going to rejoice and you will not just be favored, but highly favored. And if you're highly favored, ladies, you could get a hat, a matching dress, a purse and shoes to go with it because you're not just favored, you're highly favored because the Lord is is with you. Now, let me say this. Many times people think that the Catholic Church has overvalued Mary. But looking at Protestant denominations, whether it's uh, Baptist or Pentecostal, it seems like maybe they have undervalued her. And it's almost like benching a star player in a playoff game. Mary is not just a player in the kingdom of God. She is really one of the center figures of the kingdom of God. And I want to say this, Mary should not be worshiped. We worship one God. I want to say that very, very clearly. We 
worship one God. And in the one God, we believe there is, and if you know it, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we worship the one God who's three in one, and Mary is not God, but she is the mother of God. But she's not to be worshiped, but I want to say this very clearly. One of the reasons in the goal, in the perspective of this series is that we would recognize that God is with us, and if he is with us, our lives will never be the same. And so we say, why Mary matters? Because Mary would bring eternal life to all people who would believe in her son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you would say who Mary represents? She represents us, the church, the bride of Christ. Can you say amen? And so I want you to take your Bibles. So on the screen, it's going to come up. There's 15 mentions of Mary in the scripture, maybe by, not by name, but I want to begin to show you that the scriptures never meant this teenage girl who would bear the son of God, who would be the mother of God, to just be placed on the sidelines because without her, we would have no salvation. Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15 says this, get it, the seed, not a seed, the seed, meaning definite article, the capital S-E-E-D of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. Well, women do not produce seed, men do. And right there, when this book was written in chapter 3, what did happen? Chapter 1 and 2 is creation. Chapter 3, man sinned, and sin came into the world through one man, not through the woman. Adam was deceived. Then God said, the seed of the woman, he is predicting how he is going to enter the world and he is going to change human lives forever. And you must understand for salvation to be a reality, Jesus had to be fully God. Now, one thing I did not realize growing up and growing up Catholic, I knew Jesus was the son of God, but I thought he became the son of God. Hear me when I say this. He became became the son of God when he was virgin born. I want to flip it. Jesus is not the son of God because he's virgin born. He's virgin born because eternally he has been the son of God. Before there was a world, before there was time, before there was angels, good and bad, before there was humanity, there was a God. And the God didn't need earth and the God didn't need heaven. God was God all by himself. And the one God is Father, there is Son, and there is Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ is eternally the Son of God. He never couldn't be the Son of God, but the day he was virgin born, the Son of God would become the Son of Man. You see, it was man who sinned. Why couldn't we go back to Old Testament sacrifice? Mary begins to reveal that. I wouldn't mind going back to Old Testament sacrifice because then I would be able to sacrifice my neighbor's cat. However, why did animal sacrifices end? Because animals did not sin. A man sinned. Therefore, a man would have to 
die for sin. But how could God die? Because if you're God, you can't die. And if you did die, you were never God. God would have to become a man. Well, how can God, divinity, deity, become a man unless a virgin who's chosen by God and God says, the Lord, come on, shout it with me, the Lord is with you. And because of that, the power of the Most High will overshadow you and you will conceive in your womb that holy thing and you will name him Emmanuel, God with us. So because Mary is completely human, Jesus is totally human, 100% God, and therefore, and I'm not trying to dog any other spiritual belief system. Therefore, Jesus Christ, when we say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, because he's the only one who's totally God and totally man. Now, I respect other religious leaders, but Buddha didn't claim to be God. Mohammed didn't claim to be God. Joseph Smith didn't claim to be God. John Lennon didn't claim to be God. Jesus is God, but yet he is man. Therefore, we can have eternal life not only with us in us above us beneath us and all around us can you say amen and then I want you to look at these scriptures here. Matthew 1, 16, she's called the mother of Jesus. Luke 1, 26 and 28, the angel announces. That's the annunciation. Then we see Luke 1, 39 to 56, she's engaged. Matthew 1, 18, 25, Joseph, her fiance, has a dream, and he says, you will name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sin. Matthew 2:11, the son of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 2:14, she visits her cousin Elizabeth. Luke 2:41-52, dedicated Jesus in the temple. Let's stop. If you have a child and you've never dedicated them, bring them to a Thursday night, sign up. We dedicate our children here and commit them to the beauty of our God, that the Lord is with them. Can you say amen? And I want to say, if your children is adult and you dedicated them when they were a child, begin to profess and declare in your prayer times, the Lord is with. I do that, say the Lord is with Jake, the Lord is with Jude, the Lord is with John, John's wife's pregnant, the Lord is with that baby in Natalie's womb. The Lord is with us. Come on, can you say amen? John 2, 1 and 11, the wedding in Cana of Galilee. Matthew 12, 46, 50, Mary and the family outside looking for Jesus. We are still seeking God. Matthew 13, 54 to 58, a prophet is not without honor in his own hometown. Then Acts 1, get this, Mary is in the upper room and she's praying. Get this, if you're a Catholic, come on, do it with me. If you're Catholic, former Catholic, Noah Catholic, say it, say in the name of the... Father and of the, and of the, notice they didn't say in the name of Mary because she's not a part of the Trinity. But I want you to really hear this. Mary, the mother of God, was in the upper room. And if she was in the upper room in chapter 2, it says they all spoke with tongues. So if you want to follow Mary, she spoke in tongues, you should shandai today. Amen. Kawasaki. She tie my bow tie. Just go for it. Mary did. Amen. Let's move on. How many of you love that? 
I heard one person say about people speaking in tongues. I know a person, they spoke in tongues and they were weird. And I said, I knew them too. And they were weird before they spoke in tongues. If you're cool and you speak in tongues, you're going to be really cool. Amen. Galatians 4, 4 talks about in due time, born of a virgin, Revelation 11 to 12, a woman with the sun, the moon, and the stars. Uh, I have many Bibles, what I do, and maybe you should begin to pray about this today. Uh, Man, I'm getting old. This will be my 44th year reading through the Bible, starting January 1st. And sometimes what I try to do is read a different translation. This is the New Living Translation. This one is over 20 years old. I remember the first year that I read it, I was speaking to a regional youth event in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, and California, both. I don't know wherever it's at, but it's Lake Tahoe. And we were there, and this is the New Living Translation. And one of my favorite phrases probably in all the scripture is the enunciation, the Lord is with you. And I was reading in this translation and I got to Exodus chapter 33 and I read from verse 12 to about verse 16. And this is one of the most powerful translations. Now the new New Living Zone quote it this way. This is the second edition. I'm reading the second edition. And this is what Moses says. He says, you call me by name and you tell me I found favor with you. Does that not sound like the Annunciation? Hail Mary, full of grace. You need to know this. That Catholic prayer comes right from this gospel. And so he's telling Moses the same thing, Moses. And all of a sudden, God, Moses is saying, you call me by name, and you say, I have found favor with you. Highly favored was Mary. Please, if this is really so, Show me your intention so I'll understand you more fully and do exactly what you want me to do. And then he says, but for the record, these people, these set-apart ones, these unique ones, these special ones, hear me, before you go into a new season, don't ask for an angel, a prophecy, or even prosperity. You should hunger and ask for one thing in a new adventure. And I want to say, as we close out 2023 and we're entering in, I'm apprehensive with 2024. I know it's an election year, but honestly, it kind of troubles me because half of you for one side, the other half is for the other side, and my emails go off the charts And can I say what I want in 2024 is what I want at the end of this year. I want and I need the presence of God. And I love what Moses said. Hey, if you're not going with, call the vacation off. Can I say what we need to be successful, overcoming, victorious, is the presence of God. Can you say amen? And listen to what God says to Moses. He said, I will personally go with you. And I want you to know, there's three types of presence of God. Everyone say, the Lord. Say it like you're from Texas. The Lord is with me. You have to say it like you you believe in the Alamo. Come on. The Lord is with me. 
is with me. I love it. Uh, Psalm 23. It's famous. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Get green carpet in your bedroom. Amen. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. Even though, get this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You say it's an election year. We have two ways. Doesn't matter. I'm not fearing any evil. Why? The Lord is with me. If God is with you, then you can equate that he is for you. And if he's for you, it doesn't matter who is against you. God is with you. He is for you. Come on. And I'm in love with Moses said, this is almost the same as the Annunciation. Hey, you call me by name. I remember the first time God became real. I was raised as a Catholic. We believed in God. I have never not believed in God. And, and so we were in eighth grade. My parents sent us to a Christian camp in Colorado for six weeks. No, they were not really believers. They wanted to get rid of the twins for six weeks. It was good babysitting. At the end of the camp, they gave us a cross made out of popsicle sticks. They said, go away, invite Christ into your heart, ask him to forgive you of your sin. I'm telling you, I experienced what Mary experienced. No, an angel didn't appear that night, but the real presence of the Holy Spirit appeared. He came on. I felt I knew. Now, let me just say this. There is the omnipresence of God. That means God is everywhere. He is in the middle East. He is in America. He's in South and Central America. He is in Asia. And what does David say? If I go to the highest mountain, you're there. Go beyond the Hubble telescope, God is there. Make your bed in hell, God is there. Where can I go from your presence? You can't. I remember years ago when Billy Grant was still alive. And how many of you have ever had the devil try to attack you and tell you that God's not with you or for you? Am I the only one? And you boo-hoo. And I said, God, the devil's after me. The devil's after me. I felt his voice imprinted in my mind and heart. He said, no, the devil's not after you. He cannot be after you and Billy Graham at the same time. He is not omnipresent. Only I am omnipresent. Why don't you call upon my presence? And in my presence is a fullness of joy and your enemies will be scattered from you. Can you say amen? So there's the omnipresence. What I felt at that camp, please get this, the manifested presence of God. I've been in Catholic Mass, and can I just say the goal of our church is together we experience the Lord with you. Because with the manifested presence of God, there is a freedom in something supernatural happened. I knew at that camp, kid you not, I was expelled three times from the Catholic school that year. I, the, it was ran by the holy order of the nuns of violence and terror. Come on. I was for sure there was a God. I was for sure he didn't like me until the Baptist camp. Thank God for the Baptist. Because the Baptist camp said it didn't matter who you are. You don't have to have a name that's all that. Then some in a can of Pringles with God. The presence of God, I felt it. You go, that was just emotion. No, it was deeper than emotion. It came into my human heart. It was God. I knew I was the worst sinner. Why? Because Sister Mary Andre told me. <laughs> no, she's a good nun. I can't wait to see her one day. 
She was a good one. She was born again. I kid you not. I knew I was a sinner. I knew he had forgiven me. Have you ever experienced that? You know God's forgiven you. It's one thing to have a friend forgive you. It's another thing to have God forgive you. And he came into my life, and I knew I was saved. I mean, S-A-V-E-D, forever. Everyone say omni. Say manifested. That night, it went beyond manifestation. The reason, what it means, the Lord is with you, is the felt, personal, realized, embracing, empowering presence of Jesus Christ. And that's only a reality today because a girl named Mary, the virgin, was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and she conceived within herself the Christ child. And because of that, she received eternal life that you and I, please get this, not only have God with us, but this is a game changer. It is a game changer. Mary is a model. It's not just the Lord is with you, but the Lord is in you. And if the Lord is in me, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm not just human. I have God within me. You're not just human. It's not just based on your experience and intelligence. How many of you would say that it was God in you that produced all that you have and all that's gone through you? Can you shout? Can you say amen? And we believe that. Who is Mary and who does she represent? She's the last D. She represents us, the church. She represents a believer hosting the very presence of God. What I really like is Mary's fiat. Now, fiat isn't a car, although it is. Fiat in Latin means your will be done. And what is Mary's fiat? Let it be, get this, when the presence of God, trust me when I tell you this, I'm going to stand up behind the table, don't worry. When the presence of God comes on you as a human being, the first thing that will happen, you will become humbled. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's not thinking of yourself. In great humility, you will say what she said, let it be to me according to to your word. That is the first sign of someone who has the Lord with them. If you're still fighting the will of God, maybe God's with you in an omnipresence way, but you've never experienced, submitted, surrendered to the presence that is with you, but that yearns to be in you. And I want to read one other. This is Mary's Magnificat. And she went to visit Elizabeth, her cousin, who's pregnant with John the Baptist, Luke 1, 46 to 55. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. When the Lord is with you, something's going to happen in your personality. I'm not going to say you're going to become like a spiritual cheerleader, you know, or a Holy Ghost aerobics instructor where you're all doing this. But I will tell you, no matter your personality, whether you're a dude or a gal, that your soul, your personality is going to begin to magnify God. 
Usually in life, we magnify our problems. We magnify our lack. We magnify our needs. We magnify our dysfunction. But when the Lord is with you, your focus comes on God and you begin to magnify God that he is with me. He is for me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. He's with our family. He's in our family. He's in our children. He's with our children. Can you say amen? And I love this next part. She says, my soul, met. come on, city church. When we come here and Pastor Steve and team are leading, this isn't Christian karaoke. Our soul is magnifying the Lord. I think oftentimes we magnify our beliefs and policy or politics, and I'm not against that. I have my own. But I want to tell you what's greater than that. I'm magnifying the Lord. I am going to magnify the Lord. And she says this, in my spirit, Worship involves your soul and your spirit. And she says this, my spirit rejoices in my God and my Savior. I want to stop. I want to say something. I honor Mary. I've had respect for her as my whole life. However, right here, she says, my Savior. And Mary is saying, I too, as a human being, am carrying the Son of God that I can have a Savior. And he did not come to save us from hell. Jesus came to save me from me. You will name him Jesus. He will save his people from their sin. So Mary needed a Savior. And if she needed a Savior, I, I'm out there. I need a Savior. Can you say amen? Everyone say, the Lord is with you. Stand up. Thank you. In Judges chapter 16, this is one of the saddest scriptures, I think, in the entire Bible. I think one of the greatest is what we read. And I want you to mutter it with me, almost like in a prayer. The Lord is with you. No, you know what they do in Catholic Mass? They have Catholic Mass all over the world. They have them in Ventura. At one point in the Mass, you will turn as a congregant to someone else in the Mass and you'll say, the Lord is with you. And they'll kind of bow a little bit or be conciliatory and they'll say, and also with you. And that's a part of every Mass. The Lord is with you. And they'll say, and also with you. I think that's one of the greatest scriptures in all the Bible. The Lord is with me. But because of Mary and she carried the Christ child, God, the Son of God, in her womb, and because she's human, he became totally human, the Son of Man, that you and I can carry the presence of God, not just outwardly, but inwardly, that we could carry God inwardly. Do you have a new venture? Are you seeking God in things as this year ends and we start another one? Make sure, like Moses and Mary, we go into this journey, the Lord is with us now the saddest scripture one of them in the bible remember samson he had long hair man that dude had some locks but he went to cheaphaircuts.com got a really bad super eight haircut and he went out and he shook himself as before but he did not realize the lord had departed I don't want to live, and I just stand before you. I'm, I don't know. I don't think I'm the sharpest crayon in the box, and that doesn't make me feel bad. I feel really good about that because it's me, and it doesn't matter if you have 52 cards in your deck or one. I'm playing my card. 
I got a one-string banjo to just scream and tell people about Jesus. And, and I'm going to do that with all my might. However, I would say if any success has come to Becky and I, it's that one phrase, the Lord is with you. I want you to put your hands out. I want us to pray. I want you to begin to think of your own life. I want you to begin to think. Think of Mary, how her saying, do to me according to your will, change the whole world. Will you right now begin to mutter, the Lord is with me. I want you to mutter it right where you're at. Online, in this room, begin to say it. Put a little bit of a voice. It doesn't need to be loud, a whisper. Feel your voice going through your, the Lord's with you. And if the Lord is with you, then he's in you. And if he's in you, no weapon formed against you will prosper. It will never come near you. That you are in the Lord and the Lord is in you and he is with you. And if God is with you, no matter what you're facing, you will not be overwhelmed. You will not be defeated. The Lord is with us. And that's what Christmas is about. With us. With us on Friday, with us on Monday, with us in a dark time, with us in when it's light. God is with us when we have a lot or a little. God is with us. I want you to begin to send that phrase to someone you know. Maybe they're in trouble. Maybe they're lonely. Maybe they're isolated. Will you send that like an email or a text? Just say it out loud. It doesn't need to be a shout, but maybe say their name. For example, I'll do it with my sister, Julie. Her husband we call Tiger. Julie, Tiger, Josh, Jessica. The Lord is with you. Jonathan, Natalie, New York City. The Lord is with you. Jude, Sierra, Kid. The Lord is with you. Come on, send that to someone. This is faster than email. And when their soul taps on it, it opens up with a blessing that God will come in them in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus Christ. And I declare this Christmas season is going to be one where the Lord is with us. He is with us, our children, our family, our co-workers, our friends. This is a year of the presence of God. Lord, we make a plea. We make a declaration. We will enter 2024 with the manifest, personal, embracing, empowering presence of God. Lord, we pray like in the 1700s, a great awakening in America, God, that people will enter what I call a Holy Spirit zone. Come on, begin to prophesy that from Santa Barbara uh, to all the way to Thousand Oaks and beyond in LA. Come on, let's pray a Holy Spirit zone. Let's pray a revival zone. Let's pray that high schools and colleges and young adults and young professionals, they're coming into what we call a God zone, a God revival, an awakening. God, California needs an awakening. And God, we say the Lord is with California. The Lord is in Sacramento. The Lord is in Ventura. The Lord is with us in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I want to ask this last question. You may believe in God, but is God with you and is he in you? I'm going to count to three, and if you need to commit your life to Jesus Christ, you can say, man, it's, I want my, my belief is private. No, nothing's ever private. It may be personal, 
but it's never private. And you couldn't have chose God unless he chose you, and he's chosen you. And so when we say three, you're going to lift up your hands in an act of faith, saying, I'm trusting God with all my heart. One, on three, you'll lift your hands. Two, and on three, you're saying, the Lord is with me, but I'm inviting in me. Three, right now, raise your hand. I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come on. Eight, nine, ten. Somebody shout. Somebody laugh. Come on. Hey. Everybody say, Jesus, you are with me. You are in me. You are the Lord of my life. I am forgiven, and I trust you. You began this work. You're going to complete it. In your name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.